Hi, I'm Jill. And I'm Ashley. And this is Poverty, Pitfalls, and the Price of Diapers. And Ashley, okay, (laughs) I know we're recording this before the AFC playoffs. Championship. Yes, championship. But we're also recording it the day after 13 seconds. Can I just say? (laughs) 13 seconds, people. Yeah, the most amazing 13 seconds in NFL history. That wild game was crazy. I had so many text strings going. My brother was at the game. You know, we had season ticket. We were season ticket holders, my family, for 50 years um, until we finally gave those seats up. Oof. That's tough. It is tough. (laughs) And now we're, you know, winning all of these games. So you're welcome, Kansas City, for us giving up those (laughs) tickets so that the Chiefs could start winning Super Bowls. Well, I love um, seeing you excited about it because typically you're not as interested. Oh, the Chiefs? Oh, yeah. no. I, lo- I love it. I do. No, I, I love it. I think I just keep it keep it yeah. down for some reason. Um, oh, yeah. We had we had the whole – we had a Chiefs bus. We had the whole thing. Oh, man. I always wanted to be part of a Chiefs bus. Oh, man. Bus tailgate. It was always. so great. <laughs> I pass by and I'm like, do I know anybody? Can I, can I meet somebody? <laughs> I want to join your crew. I have friends who still have a bus and they tailgate. So I'll have to, I'll have to hook you up with them when you go. Yeah. That'd be great. Check it out. Yeah. That game. I mean, could you sleep last night? I was really amped up. My son is finally getting interested in it. Thank goodness. So we watched it together. So we have that memory. And I was just kind of explaining to him like the historical nature of how this is like probably going to be remembered as an, you know, an instant classic of, just the back and forth and the number of points and, you know, the quarterback for the other team was amazing as well. And it's heartbreaking for him because this is the second year in a row that he's put his heart out there and it just didn't work out. And we just kind of swooped in and stole it. So yeah, you feel for them, but it's exciting. I do that (laughs) on one of my text strings. Oh no, I think I was FaceTiming my mom and they were showing the other quarterback and I was like, Oh, I feel so bad for him. But Patrick is so sweet. There was a Twitter this morning that he like that he was celebrating with everybody. You know, it's such an exciting time, and he stopped what he was doing and he ran all the way across the field to go Mm -hmm. talk to Josh Allen and just tell him like all the respect and what an amazing job he did. And even as as much success as he's had in a short amount of time, like he's still an humble, sweet. Like Mm -hmm. how can you not love him? I, I don't know. And I don't know if you noticed, but um, Sterling was wearing our shoes again last night. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> so what? everybody listening, um, Happy Bottom sent a little care package to Sterling um, after she was born. And I don't remember what all we put in it, a bunch of stuff. And of course, some information about Happy Bottoms. But we also had these incredible little Keds kicks made custom made. They were, they have like these, um, jewels, rhinestones, whatever, all over them. They've got number 15 on them. Um, if you look back through some of Brittany's posts, I think that Sterling wore them to the home opener or the pregame opener. Um, and then, yeah, you could see them just kind of peeking through the little bottoms and the thing. So I was like, Oh, that's cute. I know. And we commented on it last time. We did, on but time, we but get I, no love. <laughs> no. Well, I bet her feet are growing. So maybe we could come up with another and pair. Some and more. Just... 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Ugh. I know. I was like, those are our shoes. No. <laughs> but anyway, I cannot wait until next week's game. Although, um, you know, people will be listening to this. will already know the outcome. So hopefully it's good news. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I wish I could see into yeah. the future. I'm either going to be really happy on Sunday uh-huh. night or really sad. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It was a good game. I'm but- spending my Christmas bonus on this. <laughs> that's right you're going actually going to the game which will be amazing I think after going for so many years I really enjoy watching from the comfort of my own home I mean don't get me wrong it is incredible and amazing to be out there and it is a privilege to get to go and just experience that but like the last few games with that weather and how cold it was I was sure happy to just watch the yeah. action from well home. that factored into my decision it's right now it's supposed to be a high of 44 perfect so i'm that's, like that's great yeah you gotta do it <laughs> great oh my gosh incredible all right well um let's get to business we uh have a pretty awesome guest on today jill bright jill is the founder of the diaper bank of the ozarks founded in 2012 and she's been a longtime friend of happy bottoms and of mine personally and um, we love to swap stories and share and help each other um, and she uh has been part of the Missouri state coalition that we are forming as well for diaper banks to make sure that we get diapers to everybody in the state of Missouri. Um, and I learned a lot. It was, it was kind of cool to listen to her. So yeah, she's got a great inspiring story and you can kind of see like the little bit of pain and tearfulness in her disposition about walking away, but she's 70. She put in her time. She created something amazing and I'm sure she's going to leave it in great hands. And she's badass. I just have to say, she really <laughs> she, is. Like she's so yeah. subtly like badass. You just, you she know, is. she's just very. She just looks like this sweet lady who would never, you know. But just everything she's done, and um, and she's just so smart and approaches things very thoughtfully. And yeah, I love her. So I hope you guys enjoy Jill. My name is Jill Bright, and 70 years ago, my life started in diapers. Hi, Jill. (laughs) We're so excited to have you here today. Jill Bright with uh, Diaper Bank of the Ozarks, and you've got a lot going on down there right now. What just happened? We do. We are um, we are one month into a merger with a larger nonprofit, and at the same time, I actually um, stepped back from my position as executive director, and I'm retiring. <laughs> um, so yes, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, we're going to get into our podcast questions, but I have to dive into this a little bit because I feel like it's really important. Because how long have you? When did Diaper Bank of the Ozarks start? Uh, 2012. We'll be 10 years old this year. Okay. Wow. So you've been doing this for 10 years. Yes, absolutely. Um, slight little step. Try to step away once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. So is it just challenging to really? 
turn the reins over? Is it emotionally challenging? And I ask this because I know that a lot of our diaper bank friends are, mm-hmm. are um, getting t- tired, burnt out because we mm-hmm. put a lot of passion and energy into this work. Sorry, everybody, if you hear my dogs fighting in the mm-hmm. background. Um, <laughs> and so you're, you know, since you're kind of real time doing it, what is the biggest struggle? Is it the emotional piece? Is it logistics? Is it all of it? What, what, what wisdom? I know you, I know you still have a lot of wisdom to get as you continue to transfer, <laughs> but transition, but what can you tell us so far? I think um, for many of us that were actually founders, um, the the most difficult part is for the last 10 years 24 7 has been my world of diaper banking um i mean my husband says to this day i lost my wife for 10 years (laughs) 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 you know uh he called me the diaper lady you know jokingly but towards the you know in the last couple of years i must admit he was he was beginning to really say I've lost my wife it it takes over our life and when you do transition out of that position you can't stop your brain um you know everything I did for the last 10 years somehow my thoughts would always be how would that help the diaper bank and to you know just say I can cut that all off and move away it it's very challenging, very challenging. Right. And figuring out probably who you are, if you're not the diaper lady. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Where do I go now? What do I do next? (laughs) That's got to be challenging. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when it's retirement, as in, you know, I am 70 years old now. I don't have a different job I'm moving to. So I don't have, you know, another place to put my focus, put my energy right at this point (laughs) travel how about travel (laughs) yes I booked I booked a flight to England I am taking my daughter and my two grandchildren for spring break this year amazing yes yes we're there um about five years ago wow yeah 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 it's gonna be exciting that is let's we're gonna get back to this but let's just start tell us a little bit about you Oh, I was born in in suburbs of London uh, in the 50s. And so I was a child and a teenager in England in the 50s and 60s. And yes, I was a fan of the Beatles. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, basically, not just a different country, but a different era. Um, You know, so so being a child in the 50s, um, it was very different. how can I explain those differences? It's hard. Um, we, of course, didn't have cell phones. We, I didn't have a television until I was 13. There was not a TV in our house. We did not have a refrigerator. We did not have a car. Have, not having a car in England, though, is different because you don't have to have a car, kind of like living in New York over here. Mm-hmm. There's buses, there's trains. You can get anywhere you want to. But um, a refrigerator, though, can we go back to that a second? Yes, a, a bucket of water in the backyard, you know, by the back door, and the okay. milk was delivered every day. Um, oh wow! We went shopping. Okay. We went shopping every day for our groceries for dinner that night. Um, you know, you didn't store things that would spoil. 
Um, and the food was probably better because of it. Absolutely. Um, we went to the grocery <laughs> store. We went to the green grocery store. You know, right. we went to the bakery and we came home and we fixed our meals for the next 24 hours, you know, and then I we just did think it that's, again. Yeah, I love that. I think that's something people don't think about. You know, they think about, sure, there was maybe no TV, no cell phones, all this stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's yeah, it was a different kind of life. Sometimes I wish we'd get back to that a little bit. Absolutely. But anyway, sorry, continue. <laughs> um, you know, my, my family, I had a sister. She was two years younger than me. Um, we, we must have been awful. I mean, we fought <laughs> all the time. I mean, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't a moment, I don't think, that we really loved each other. Um, now, you know, for the last 10 years, I have the most awesome relationship with my sister. But as a child... Oh, there was so much jealousy. There was so much, you know, between us. Um, wow. I was daddy's were girl. Were you interested? Oh, okay. You were daddy's girl. I was, I like, was were you interested girl. in the same things or why was that you were daddy's girl? No, we, we would, we were, yeah, we were totally different. I mean, I was the studious one. Um, I was always into projects. I would sit for hours and read and fix jigsaw puzzles. And she was destructive. <laughs> she <laughs> You know, she broke all my dolls. They went to the doll hospital back in those days um, to have their legs or heads put back on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, she was destructive. She was all over the place. Um, yeah, we were totally wow. different. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So how did you end up in the States? I did my nurses training in the Royal Air Force and there was a um, American airbase nearby and we as nurses were literally put on a bus every friday night and taken over to the american air force base <laughs> to be the entertainment <laughs> for the oh gis <laughs> yes wow so, anyway that's where i met my husband and a year later we came to the states so wow how now is that that is a previous life but Yes, that's how I got here. Okay. Yeah. How, yeah. yeah. How was that moving to the States? I mean, I assume, um, how, how young were you? I must have been 22. Um, I wasn't afraid. Uh, you know, I, I kind of was very independent in my ways. Um, and moving away from home was not the end of the world to me. Uh, my dad did, you know, he was very controlling very good dad but very controlling and so you know having that freedom um was awesome but talk about culture shock um <laughs> absolutely yeah. i mean firstly i arrived in august in chicago um we don't have hot hot weather <laughs> you know that in <laughs> itself i then moved to upper michigan um 200 inches of snow every year we wow. don't have that in England, but, you know, just to, um, it was so different. The first TV show I ever watched was Price is Right. And to see these people jumping up and down and screaming and dancing, believe me, that's not the British way. <laughs> they were not being reserved at all. <laughs> right, right. The Price is Right is very, very American. <laughs> snapshot <laughs> absolutely oh that's hilarious yeah, yeah. wow wow yeah. 
Um, and then, so have you lived all over the United States? Kind of what was your, you know? I, I, yeah, I kind of gradually moved south. Um, I started in Market, Michigan, way, way north. Um, lived for a couple of years in, more than a couple of years, about 10 years in the Chicago area. And then um, remarried and moved to Springfield in 1984. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Been here a long time. That's awesome. So how did you get the idea or how did, how did Diaper Bank of the Ozarks come to be? Actually, I, um, when I semi-retired in my 50s, um, my husband said, you know, he's a doctor and it was costing us more for me to work. <laughs> I was a nurse um, because of taxes, et cetera. So he said, why don't you retire? And so I semi-retired. Um, I started volunteering with an organization called newborns in need and they actually sew for babies sew and knit provide clothing and um it was perfect for me i had no grandchildren at that point was 50 odd years old and was excited about the thought of having grandchildren but i thought well i can make clothes and everything for these little ones that don't have it so um I was there for 10 years, uh, you know, a volunteer, <coughs> volunteer seamstress um, on the board, etc. Went to a national conference because Newborns in Need is a national organization. And I had always, when I had been speaking and representing Newborns in Need, I had always told the story of the founder who said that she found out that babies were leaving the hospital when they were born with nothing but a diaper and a t-shirt on their back. I went to this conference and I was told that some of these families, when they went home, there were no diapers for those babies. And it just, it just was like, wow, wow. Um, and so I took that concept back to Springfield and said, we have to open a diaper bank. Wow. That's where and we started. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and what was your approach, I think, to getting that off the ground? Did you just dive in and, and start collecting diapers? How did that process work for you? Pretty much. Uh, I mean, I, I, I learned almost immediately about the National Diaper Bank Network and, you know, followed them closely. Um, they were in their first year. And so, um, took everything I could from, you know, reading about that. Um, you know, we were part of Newborns in Need, so we were part of a nonprofit already. But oh, I didn't realize that. That's nice. Yeah. Yes. So for the first year, um, you know, we lived in that little closet. We gave out 5,000 diapers every month and uh, we had seven partners and we thought, you know, this is it. But it didn't take me long. Um, Actually, Jill, I believe that in that first year, I traveled to Kansas City to Happy Bottoms. Um, Liz was there at the time. And I mean, she absolutely became my mentor. That is um, awesome. Yes. And, you know, she said, you know, we give out a million diapers. And I thought, wow, but we're never going to need that to, you know, need to do that in the Ozarks. We're, we, you know there isn't a need for that. <laughs> Was I wrong? <laughs> so anyway, um, 
Right. And remember when you thought 5,000 diapers a month was so much? Yes. We yeah. thought we were amazing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. 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 And so a year in, um, we decided to get our own 501c3. Wow. Um, took us a year, but a we made it. Yes. We found a fiscal sponsor and that same fiscal sponsor provided us with warehouse space. And pretty much we've grown from there. So. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. But I mean, even, you know, uh, I don't want to diminish the 5,000 diapers a month mm. for diaper banks who are just starting. Cause that mm -hmm. is a tremendous amount of diapers. Yes. And a yes. lot of times it's just one person getting out there, making a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and so it's incredible and it's incredible to see that growth. So, so 5,000 a month in that first year, how many a month are you putting out the door now? I want to say it's about 115,000. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. Our distribution was 1.2 last year. Incredible. And it'd probably be 1.4 this year. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. I love it. So, when did you, when or how did you learn about poverty? Um, when I look back on my life, in various stages of my life, I never lived in poverty but we were never well off. Um, so in my childhood, you know, I remember the Sunday evenings listening to my parents argue about which bills do we pay this month, this week. Um, I remember being angry at my mother. She was a registered nurse and she would not return to work. Strange to be angry for that, but you know, in those days, you know, a lot of mothers did stay home, but I knew my dad was working so hard and struggling. And I was angry at my mom. And uh, then in my first marriage, my second marriage, I'm now in my third. <laughs> um, we had we had enough money. We didn't go without, but we never had extra. You know, we were military in the first few years of our married life, um, enlisted. We had $16 a month after we paid our bills. We thought that was, you know, plenty. But, you know, wow. I never was in poverty, mm -hmm. but very close to it. And, and watching my dad twice be laid off, um, the trend back then was the smaller companies being taken over by the larger companies. And, you know, watching the sacrifices he made but he made them. He had determination. He, you know, he was going to provide for his family. And I appreciated that. Um, did my mom and I suffer through that? I, I, I don't know. You know, mm -hmm. choices that I had to make later in life. After I was divorced the first time, I had two children. I actually gave, because of circumstances, we, we divided our children. I was working as a nurse aide in this country. I couldn't support two children and my ex-husband wanted to take them both. So I made that decision, but then I worked two jobs, two jobs to make sure I had the money to raise my daughter. At one point she came to me, she was about eight years old and she said, mommy, why don't you stay home like some of the other moms? They get checks from the government. Why don't you stay home so you can be with me more? 
That was a hard choice. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it was. And <clears throat> I don't know if I made the right choice there to work two mm-hmm. jobs to pay the bills. Um, now I see families. Springfield has 25% poverty rate. It's high. One in four families here are living in poverty. There's not a lot of wealth in our city. Um, but I married a doctor. I have everything I need and more. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't leave a fancy life at all, but I have everything I need. And now with 11 grandchildren, every one of those babies has diapers. And, you know, my littlest is five months old. She'll never go without a diaper change. Mm -hmm. Um, But I see those families around us. And yeah, that's that's really when I moved to Springfield and became involved with newborns in need Mm. for the past 20 years. I think I've really been aware. It's really interesting when you were so young that you had the understanding or were able to process your dad working hard to provide for your family. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's why you, you know, part of why not to put words in your mouth, but part of why you did make the choice to work two jobs, because Mm -hmm. that was modeled for you that you've got, you know, you've got to support your family. And this is what Mm -hmm. that means. Um, and it's, it's probably even more hard. I think nowadays there are families working two jobs and they still have to rely on other help, right? They still can't make ends meet. So it's just, it's right. Yeah. The the difficult choice comes in. Like I say, when I was working two jobs, I could pay my bills, but because I was working two jobs, I wasn't eligible for free school meals. You know, I wasn't eligible for anything that would have helped me along the way. And I think I've had my eyes opened now are, There are times in some of our families' lives where there must be some help, you know, whether it's your parents that step in, the grandparents of those children, um, you know, whoever it is that can step in and help. If it's a nonprofit agency, your church, the government, if we want these families living in poverty to move forward, Many of those families are generational. They did not have the figure that I had, my dad, who worked and worked and worked to provide for his family. Is there a right answer? Is there a wrong answer? I don't know. Right. Well, and and we have to just like your example, imagine if you would have qualified for those things while you were working your two jobs, how much mm-hmm. better, you mm-hmm. know, we're having that conversation a lot at, at Happy Bottoms is um, that prevention, like before a family is in dire need, before it is an emergency, before it's, they don't have diapers and then they can't pay these bills. Like how can we ch- be part of that whole change that needs to happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to assist families before it is an emergency or to truly help them not go into deeper poverty or get out of poverty or what, you know, what does that look like? I think that's something though, that the general public doesn't understand is that the system 
that's set up and there's no way I could undertake the project of trying to fix what's wrong with the system. There's a million things. And, you know, I know that they're doing the best they can, but um, I remember one of our board members was telling me about a lady that she was trying to help who received housing assistance and she received food assistance and she had children, obviously. And she was being offered a raise at her job. She was trying mm -hmm. to move up, trying to better her life. And she, she was told that she shouldn't take that raise because the little amount that she would get in extra income would not be able to cover the loss of benefits that right. she would was receiving. And that's just crazy that, you know, the system is built for people to stay where they are and not lift them, you know, help lift them up by bettering their own situation. Like I said, I, you know, I don't have answers on how to fix everything, but I think the general public doesn't understand that. They just have a perception that people may be lazy or, um, right. you know, aren't trying to help themselves out, but it really is in some aspects built to keep them from progressing on their own. Mm -hmm. Yes, I worked as a um, director of nursing in nursing homes for much of my um, life working as a nurse. And oftentimes I would hire nursing assistants and they would stay a few months and then they would come and say, I can't keep this job. I'm losing all my benefits. I can't make it. Um, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. And I mean, it's there's a there's a value in the pride that people get from you know moving up the ladder, working hard. And if we take that away from them, then that kind of adds to the mental health part of you know their situation as well. Because if you feel like you're just getting handouts all the time, it's there's no sense of pride in what you're doing or what you're mm -hmm. able to accomplish. So Absolutely. it's a multifaceted <laughs> problem. Mm -hmm. We all know that because we're in it, but mm -hmm. there's just a lot of pieces to it. I think a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. We just sometimes need to just start all over. I feel like. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we are all leaders in some way. And obviously you have been a great leader of the Diaper Bank of the Ozarks, but tell me how you're a leader. And if there was a defining point or person that led to that. Um. I thought about that. Um, I think that probably what pushed me into being a leader actually was the first 30 years of my life. Um, my dad was very controlling. And then I married a man who was equally so, um, lived 10 years through a very abusive marriage. Uh, I felt that I was absolutely nothing. And my decision to leave that marriage was, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm not serving any purpose. I'm not good at a mom. I'm not anything. And yeah, I knew, I think in my heart that I could be. Um, and so, you know, that's probably where the push came from. Then I stepped into my nursing career and, um, you know, like I say, I became a director of nursing at several nursing facilities and, you know, took up that leadership role with not enough education in knowing what I was doing. So I learned very much along the way, but, um, Isn't that you're born? <laughs> right, right. Yes. I'm, am I still learning? Absolutely. Yes. Um, the 10 years as leader of the diaper bank, of course, the first four, I was on my own. Um, very gradually, um, 
you know, stepped into the position of having some employees. So kind of technically was a leader. And we very much worked as a team. Um, yes, I was the ultimate decision maker, but we worked as a team. Uh, we made the decisions um, together. And uh, I did whatever was needed. You know, if I had to go and use the, you know, bulk lift or whatever, <laughs> the pallet jack, I did it, you know. If you got to plunge the toilets, you do yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So was I sitting there on some throne being a magical leader? No, no. Oh. So, yeah. Wow. Why do you think some of us end up in a pile of it and some of us get out clean? Oh my goodness. Um, my personal answer to that was, I did end up in a pile of it. You know, like I say, I, I had a divorce where I had to choose one child over the other, my four-year-old son over my eight-year-old daughter. Um, I was walking alone. And when I say that, I was raised as a Christian, but I'd walked away. I wasn't looking for direction. I could do it myself. I could do everything myself. I was a woman and I could do it. And it wasn't until I, you know, I saw that I was failing miserably. Um, but, you know, my, my current husband took me back to church, to a church life. And I have a church family and I have a relationship with, with God. And he gave me, he gave me the mission of running the diaper bank. Um, he got me out of this <laughs> and he stays with me. <laughs> and when I forget, you know, I, I, I fall again, but yeah, that's my main reason. And yeah. So, I mean, but how could you not feel like you could do it all alone coming out of a relationship like that mm -hmm. and having mm -hmm. a, you know, growing up with a father, I would think that of course you get out of something like that and you've got right. to, probably feel like you have to prove to yourself. Yes. Something. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What do you most value? Um, my family, my grandchildren. Um, I value the work that I do, um, you know, working at the diaper bank or wherever I was working at the time, um, serving a purpose, being able to make a change in people's lives, people I don't know. Um, you know, that person living on the other side of the tracks uh, is just as important as I am or the Queen of England is. And, uh, you know, just being able to make a difference in people's lives. Have you very important to me? Have you do you feel like you've been able to stay connected to the families and the people that you are helping throughout your, throughout the growth of the diaper bank of the Ozarks? Cause I, that's, that's one of the reasons I feel like I started this podcast to be able to talk to people because as happy bottoms has grown and my responsibilities have changed, mm -hmm. I feel like I don't get to talk to, um, families or even other fellow diaper bankers, although I do make that a priority mm -hmm. as much as I did, you know, in those first two, right. two, two to four years when you're doing everything, mm -hmm. how has that been for you? Um, there is a disconnect, obviously. Um, at, 
you know, at the level that I am at was at um, just a couple of months ago, I very rarely saw the client, um, you know, the family member that was receiving the help. Uh, we did continue and do continue our cloth diaper program. So those, you know, moms and children um, and dads were coming into our office and we would meet them and talk with them. Um, we did during COVID, we did quite a few uh, big distributions, drive-through distributions. And so we, you know, we did see maybe not the individual family, but just one time I remember going to Joplin where there was no diaper bag, no diaper program. And, um, you know, that, that line of cars was two or three miles long. Uh, it was just incredible. And that, that really does help you refocus again. And it's not just the paperwork. It's not just paying the taxes, payroll. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing but all the you stuff. can get lost. Uh-huh, doing all the yeah. stuff to keep a business running. I, thank you. I just needed validation on that selfishly. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I yeah. do think that is really hard and, and maybe something else that's um, leading to some burnout for people because mm-hmm. not only do a lot of diaper bank leaders, like you said, put 24 seven, they put their life into diaper banking. Um, and then it becomes, you know, yeah, doing all of the back end paperwork, logistical stuff to keep it going. And you, you do lose touch from that. So it's good to get mm-hmm. out and, be able to do things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about your um, cloth program. I know, you know, you and I have had conversations about this in the past that it hasn't been, um, you know, we've, we've surveyed our clients in the past that, that that has not been a need of theirs um, mm-hmm. specifically in Kansas city, but I know that a lot of diaper banks do have a cloth program. So how do you, how does that work in Springfield? Because that's been a really big part of your, um, of your diaper bank. It has been, and it could be so much more. And we are working on that effort right now, but I think Jill, one of the differences might be, um, the rural areas that we serve. I think maybe there is um, more a more simple life. I, that's a funny way of saying it, but you know, I mean, they do still hang their laundry out, you know, on the washing line. Maybe um, it's hard to find enough employment when you live in a rural area. Um, you know, transportation, even getting to that closest diaper distribution. Um, program might be a 20, 30 mile drive for you. So it's hard to do it. So, you know, looking at a, uh, an alternative method, not just to save the money, but you always have a diaper. Um, It's a healthy way of, you know, diapering your baby. I think those factors make a difference. Um, I'd still love to talk to you more about how to make it work in Kansas city. And I know (laughs) Kelly would too, but um, yeah, I believe in it. And I think maybe, you know, knowing that last year and the year before we gave out enough cloth diaper kits that we saved 200,000 disposable diapers. I mean, you know, okay. Last year we gave out 1.2 disposable diapers, but we also gave out additional 200,000 diaper changes in the form of our cost diaper program. So um, just looking at all that options, uh, you know, 
maybe it's right for some families and we totally understand that it's not right for all totally understand well i think you know it's certainly something we've been talking about as um as I think, you know, Happy Bottoms wants to expand with an affiliate Mm -hmm. program like you have done. And we'd Mm -hmm. like to do that um, to help the counties in Missouri that currently aren't being served. And as we get into those rural, more rural counties, I think that will definitely be a part of um, what we do and what, Mm -hmm. you know, what we look at and how can that help. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's great. What else do you want to tell us about Diaper Bank of the Ozarks, which is now joined. Who is the organization that you? Um, Council of Churches of the Ozarks. Okay. Um, basically, it's a nonprofit that currently has uh, now 11 different programs because there are two of us that have just merged in. Um, basically, uh, whether it's the food pantry, the diaper bank, uh, the foster um, children support, um, child care aware, and children's nutrition. It's um, and some senior programs. It's looking holistically at the whole, the whole person. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, their their move over the next year or so is to have more of a meeting with a case manager at the door and what are all of your needs uh yes we know you need diapers yes we know you need food but how else can we help you how else can we find the right referrals to you Mm -hmm. i know joanne goblin often you know says that needing diapers is just the the tip of the iceberg Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of times you know they'll come in looking for diapers and um maybe they need so much more. Absolutely. And that's the goal of, you know, that, that, that's where we've moved to. And, you know, I'm very happy about that. Good. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we see all the time. And our surveys have shown that families will often go to one of our um, distribution sites, agencies mm-hmm. for diapers, and they will end up staying to get all of these other resources yeah. that they might not want to to have reached out for and asked for help with. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, you know, as our, um, as Teresa, our previous grant writer used to write, diapers are a gateway to social yeah. services. Yeah. Um, and they really are. They really mm-hmm. are. So, mm-hmm. um, well, this has been a lovely chat and a lovely discussion. Ashley, do you have any other questions you want to ask? I don't think I have any questions. I just wanted to say that I, or something that you said that really resonates with me. I've been divorced for about a year now. Mm -hmm. I grew up a Christian. My parents are about 13 hours away. And so Mm -hmm. I'm in that part where it's like, you feel very alone. Like, you know, we have friendships that we made when we were a married couple and I've hung out with those people since then, but it's just not the same. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in the process of getting back into church, trying to become involved and develop those relationships in that community because it's so important. So just hearing that you went through that process and came out the other side with that community, um, that's encouraging to hear. And I appreciate you sharing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With that community and 11 grandchildren, you think Jackson's (laughs) going to have 11 kids, Ashley? I would be shocked (laughs) if he has any children. (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) He always told me he didn't want any siblings and he, you know, you want to have a brother or sister? No, no, I do not. 
she loves being an only child she's like yeah yeah well sometimes those other siblings come through you know a second marriage yeah. yes um, yeah. that's but, true yeah i mean we have five children between wow. us yeah oh, yeah that's nice yeah that's amazing well thank you jill we appreciate your thank time you. today and glad that you were here thank um, you so we hope you liked jill we're gonna try out another um another new segment client spotlight yeah there's a lot of clients that have shared their stories with us you know of how just the gift of diapers has helped improve their lives so we want to get those stories out there to everybody and let them have a little peek inside of what someone that we're helping is experiencing so mm -hmm. so we will leave you with this client story and um Hopefully we are getting ready to head into the Super Bowl. And if not, we still have the Chiefs. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Thanks it's for It's a listening. fun ride. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Hi, this is Jill. And this is our client spotlight from Caitlin and her baby, Colton. Caitlin learned about Happy Bottoms when she lived at Amethyst Place. She was a single mom going to school and focusing on her recovery from substance use disorder. Six years later, she has graduated successfully from Amethyst Place, and Happy Bottoms continues to be a resource for her to not stress about how to provide for her kids. Caitlin is able to focus on enjoying life with them and providing the other things that they need. Colton was born six weeks premature, and she spent the last month of her pregnancy in the hospital before he was born. Colton was in the NICU for about three weeks before Caitlin could bring him home. She's still working on paying those hospital bills, but is grateful for every bit of help that she receives, which enables her and her family to put money where it is most needed. Caitlin says, I've had to use a swaddle blanket as a diaper when I was out of diapers and out in public one time. I've also had several occasions where I've let him sit in a dirty diaper for longer than I should, and he developed a diaper rash. I've been very fortunate to have happy bottoms and the support of friends and family to help me get through. When I buy diapers for myself, I look for sales and coupons to make the dollar stretch as much as possible. Every bit of help is very appreciated. You can support moms like Caitlin by visiting happybottoms.org. Thanks for listening.